welcome to Mentally Stronger, the podcast where with every episode, we're learning practical ways to let go of stress and struggles, grow our mental strength and live a happier, healthier, more meaningful life. I'm your host, Melly O'Brien, co-founder of mindfulness.com and creator of mindfulness-based mental strength training. I'm so glad to have you with me. Let's dive in to today's episode. I am just landing back home from a five-day silent meditation retreat. So right now I'm feeling really calm and content and, you know, connected and, um, yeah, a little weary as well. But it was interesting because coming from the meditation retreat and then coming back out into the world was what motivated me to talk about what I'm going to be talking about this week. And that's how you can let your triggers become your teachers. So I'm reminded, I'm going to, I'm going to back up here a little bit. I'm reminded of a, of a story. I think I heard Ram Das years ago tell this story about a Swami that he knew. And this Swami was a very accomplished meditator, very, very respected and revered teacher. And he could go into these um, long retreats, deep states of peace and really, you know, really articulate the peace of those states really well in his teachings. And then the story goes, he comes out of the ashram after a few years of, of being in practice. <laughs> he comes out of the ashram and goes in to renew his visa. So he's in another country. I don't know what country it was, probably somewhere in Asia. He goes to the visa office. He ends up in this huge line. It's moving slowly. He's there for half an hour. Then he's there for an hour. And then the hour and a half passes. He's still trying to just get to the front of the line to process his visa. So after a long, long wait, he finally gets to the front of the line. He hands over his papers to the, the guy who's processing the uh, the paperwork. And he just, the guy who's processing the paperwork just quickly looks at what he's um, handed over and says, no, 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 this is all wrong. You've got to go get these other forms and come back another day. <laughs> and at this point, this very accomplished Swami proceeds to absolutely lose it. <laughs> he goes into yelling and screaming and he's totally taken over uh, by anger at this point, apparently he goes back to the ashram and goes, okay, so I think being here is really handy, but it's out in the world where we really, really put these skills to work, you know, where our mental strength, if you will, really gets to work out. So I'm remembering this story as I came out of my own meditation retreat and started driving home and I just noticed that, <laughs> you know, there's nothing like traffic to show you if you still have triggers. So, you know, people are driving in ways that were, you know, that I found a little bit scary and, and feeling this, this anger and this frustration after being in real states of, you know, peace and calm and really deep presence for a couple of days. It really showed me how those moments when we get triggered can show us so much about the places in us that are um, still tricky, for lack of a better word. They're still tricky. They're still sticky. Sometimes there's some historical stuff there. 
Sometimes it's just an emotional reaction that can really take us over. So this topic is a really juicy one. How do we allow our triggers to become our teachers? So I'm going to be talking about how we can work with our difficult and charged emotions in those moments when we're triggered in skillful ways and also how we can use those moments to gain insight into what's happening within us in that moment and so we can grow in self-awareness and wisdom and mental strength and really make rapid gains in our mental strength by using this technique that I'm going to teach you today. I'm going to teach you a a three-step technique so that uh, you can use those moments when you're triggered to become mentally stronger. Okay, let's dive in. So first of all, what do I mean when I say the word triggered? I just want to clarify that first of all. So the, the word triggered can be used in lots of different ways. Uh, so I just want to clarify here that when I'm using the word triggered here today in this episode, what I'm referring to is when we have a strong emotional response to something, usually an unpleasant emotional response of some kind to a stimulus that's happening in the environment, more often than not another human being. So one of the things that can happen when we get triggered is that we immediately have this huge upsurge in emotion and an urge to do something in the external environment. So for instance, we might have an urge to yell at someone, to say something, to put someone in their place, so to speak, give them the evil look, write a hasty email or make a hasty phone call. We might have the urge to really beep our horn really loudly if we're in traffic or maybe even act coldly towards someone and withdraw. So because of the way that the human mind has evolved, Anytime we feel threatened or afraid in any way, we do have that strong tendency to immediately lurch into some kind of attack or defense type behaviors pretty quickly. Now, this is just a signal of having a very normal human mind, right? For our caveman ancestors, this capacity of the mind to immediately lurch into some kind of action in the external environment was actually a really wonderful and adaptive response to protect ourselves quickly in any moment of immediate danger or threat. The challenge for us these days, though, is if we just play out all of these uh, conditioned responses in the mind, that means that every time we feel an intense emotion, we're just going to react unconsciously. And and that's usually going to be pretty unhelpful. So what can we do instead? One helpful approach to moments when you're triggered is to practice leaning in instead of acting out. Okay, leaning in instead of acting out. And you can do that in three steps. The first step is in any moment when you are triggered, the first thing you can do is if you take a pause and if possible, just take it one deep breath This is going to down-regulate your nervous system a little bit. And then what you want to do is to recognize and name the emotion that you're feeling in that moment. So you might mentally say to yourself, okay, right now I'm feeling angry. Or you might just like to say, okay, sadness is here or fear is here. 
anxiety is here. So you're just going to name mentally the emotion. Now, why is this first step so important? So when you feel threatened or scared in any way, whether it's because of a rude comment someone said, uh, someone pulling out in front of you in traffic, an argument, a misfortune, okay, when, when you're threatened or scared in any way, a part of the brain called the amygdala automatically activates the fight or flight response. Okay, so if you've ever felt such a strong emotional reaction to something that you felt so out of control and reactive, this happens because the part of your brain that controls your ability to reason and think clearly and objectively actually gets hijacked by the amygdala, right? So when you have a strong emotion like fear, anxiety, or anger, or any moment when you're triggered and that activates the brain's fight or flight response, you do what's called flipping your lid, right? So the amygdala disables the brain's frontal lobes, the more evolved part of your brain, or what some people call the smart part of the brain. So you flip your lid, the frontal cortex goes offline, frontal lobes go offline, and then you can't think clearly or make rational decisions or control your responses anymore. Control has been hijacked by the amygdala, right? So early humans were exposed to the constant threat of being harmed or killed by uh, predators or other tribes. So to improve the chances of survival, the fight or flight response evolved and it's this automatic response to danger that allows your amygdala to hijack the rest of your brain, the frontal lobes go offline so that you can react without thinking. It sends out signals um, to release stress hormones, to prepare your body to fight or run away. Because this is not always adaptive, because when somebody says a rude comment to you, it's not the same as a saber-toothed tiger running at you at full speed, right? So we can make a choice in that moment to take a deep breath and name the emotion or what psychiatrist Dan Siegel likes to call the name it to tame it technique. And when we do that, we're training in calming the amygdala, signaling to it that it's okay to go out of fight or flight now. And it brings the smart part of the brain back online. Research shows that by mentally noting or labeling a difficult emotion, you can actually experience a reduction in the intensity of the emotion by up to 50%. But it also, more importantly, brings those frontal lobes back online so that you're now less reactive, you can think more clearly, and you can actually respond instead of reacting. And, you know, if, you're, if we're reacting, we might end up doing or saying things we might regret later, but now we can respond intentionally. First step take a breath in, name the emotion mentally. Simple practice, but uh, a lot of power behind it. Okay, so the second step is to investigate what's happening within us with an attitude of kindness and curiosity. Instead of acting out, we're now leaning into what's happening and seeing what we can find out about why we're feeling what we're feeling. So we might mentally ask ourselves in this step, what's going on for me right now that's brought up these feelings? Or 
what kinds of thoughts am I having in this moment that might be affecting how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling triggered? You know, are, are those thoughts true? We might ask ourselves other questions like, you know, are there needs of mine that are not being met in this moment? What events have led to me feeling this way? We can ask ourselves any number of questions, but the point here is just to mentally take a pause and just inquiring with ourselves, basically, why am I feeling what I'm feeling right now? And just seeing if there's any wisdom or insight that you can take with you. Third step, be self-compassionate. So in this third step, the attitude that we want to bring to ourselves in this moment is a sense of nurturing and kindness. Instead of being judgmental with ourselves or harsh or critical with ourselves in the moments when we're triggered, which is a strong tendency for a lot of us, we're switching the focus to self-compassion. So we might even like to say something to ourselves mentally again, like, oh, this is hard. You know, may I be kind to myself in this moment? If we can bring an attitude of kindness and compassion to ourselves in the moment when we're triggered, it actually soothes our nervous system, calms our mind and gives us back the mental space and composure to take wise and skillful action if there's action needed. Self-compassion actually triggers our body's soothing system. It further down regulates that stress response. It even releases a powerful squirt of oxytocin into the body, which is the love drug. It's often called uh, oxytocin or the, or the cuddle, the cuddle hormone. This reduces cortisol and calms cardiovascular stress. So you can speak to yourself in a really gentle and kindly voice. Oh, this is hard. No, may I be kind to myself in this moment. Or you can also bring a hand to the part of your body. You could just bring it to your heart or you can place it on the part of your body where you might be feeling the emotion the most. It might be in the belly or even the head. It's like giving yourself a soothing touch and a soothing tone. Um, bringing yourself kindness and compassion in the moment when you need it the most. So my invitation for mental strength practice this week is this. Every time you get triggered, I invite you to give this a try. Try leaning in instead of acting out. Starting with even really small annoyances and irritations can be really helpful to build your skills for when the bigger moments come along to challenge you. So the next time someone says something insensitive, lets you down, is late, cuts in in traffic, rubs you up the wrong way, practicing those three steps. Step one, take a breath and then name the emotion mentally. Okay, stress is here. Two, investigate with curiosity and kindness. You know, why might I be feeling what I'm feeling right now? And three, be self-compassionate. Oh, oh, gosh, this hurts. You know, may I be kind to myself in this moment. After you take these three steps, 
there may be some action you need to take, a conversation you need to have or an action you need to take. And maybe there won't be, right? Maybe there's something you can do, maybe there's not. But either way, using these three steps as a framework, you can meet these moments with more awareness, curiosity, and inner strength. And you can take that strength with you into the next moments of your life. And as always, you know, as you're putting this mental strength skill to work in your life this week, really paying attention to the effect that it has on your own body and mind and in your life. And if it's helpful, keep it in your toolkit and keep using it to get mentally stronger day by day, week by week and year by year. I hope it's beneficial for you, wishing you the best with the practice. And I look forward to being back here with you again for the next episode of Mentally Stronger. If you know someone who you think might benefit from listening to this episode, share it with them. Sharing it could really help them to feel better and improve the quality of their life. And if you found this episode helpful, remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you can receive more tips on growing your mental strength. And if you'd like some more support in becoming mentally strong, come over to the website and check out the different coaching and training options I have on offer there for you. You can find the links for all of that in the show notes. And thanks again for tuning in. Take care and stay strong.